Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Patsy Vavaris from Sticky's Chicken coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. She is the blogger behind SwankyMaven.com. Felice Sloan, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. 2020, here we come. Here we, we are here. Yeah, first show of the new year. Yes, yes. We have quite a bit to discuss. I know a lot has happened in, a, that little, in a week. I we mean, took a, we, took a, like, we took a week's hiatus and all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. So, yep. All right. Well, let's let's hit the highlights or the lowlights, I suppose. Starting with uh, starting with topic number one. Beavers has closed. The very acclaimed comfort food restaurant shuttered its Briar Grove location right after Christmas. This was unexpected. It had only been in that location for a couple of years. Was it unexpected? Was it after Rosh left? I mean, was it? Well, I mean, that's kind of, that's usually the question I ask you. <laughs> I mean, but you said it like you were convinced, as like you were reading it. So I'm like, was it E? <laughs> I was surprised. I Well, all right. I will concede to you that my interest level diminished when Chef Arash Karat left Beavers to go be the executive chef at Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. That's all I'm saying. That I mean, that, that's it. You said it right there. Like, my interest was gone. Like, and then I'm, who's going to be the new chef? Like, will they have their, will they change the menu? If they don't change the menu, can they execute these dishes to their full potential? No. Yeah, but I don't think that it was sort of designed to be that, I mean, as I understood the conception of new beavers, right, West, the West beavers, mm-hmm. was that it was supposed to be kind of a family-friendly, you know, hangout spot, they had that, that banging patio with the fire pit, right. you know, that great chicken fried steak, the you know, all the beaver classics, knocked up queso, beaver balls, you know, all of those things that, that, that have been kind of signature items for them for 10 years. And that they were just going to kind of keep keep the ball rolling without a rush. So maybe not as innovative, right, as it maybe not as creative. And maybe, you know, I mean, Arash like really loved that that barbecue program, like made it kind of special. So maybe they wouldn't execute quite at that level. But if they could kind of just keep the ball rolling, but See, apparently said, not. So you said a couple, you said a couple of things. I'm I'm gonna go on the personal side. First, you said. The classic dishes they've been doing for 10 years. I didn't go there for that. Okay. I mean, I that's I can hit a couple of neighborhood spots. I'm not driving all the way over there for that. So that's the X name for me. I'm going, and a lot of people may be like me, for the innovative spin on some of those dishes. Right? Like those ridiculous, like, smoked short rib tacos. Right. Yeah. Or when... He may get an extra something or get a wild hair and create some cool off the menu something, right. right? I'm going there for that. And then to keep the ball rolling, Houston is not a key. Right now, 
in food in Houston, you can't, we're not a keep the ball rolling kind of city right now. You're going to be on this list that we're going down right now. You're going to be closed. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's yeah. not going to work. Yeah, I'm, I mean, obviously not, right? <laughs> right. Obviously, it didn't work because it closed. Right. But still, I, I mean, I think, I think the memories of not so much the second location of Beavers, but the original location mm-hmm. uh, off of Washington, you know, I mean, I remember, I, I think I've, I've told the story many times, but I, I remember going in there in either 2007 or eight. Bobby Hugel was still there. Anvil hadn't. Anvil wouldn't open until 2009, and it was Derby Day, and he was running mint juleps as the cocktail special of the day. And I hadn't met Bobby yet, but I was reading his blog. You know, this is this is back in the day when everyone mm-hmm. was when Twitter was still fun. Right, 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 right. And so I was reading his blog, and I was like, okay, so I I know who this this person is. You know, we don't have a personal relationship, obviously, but you know. I've never had a mint julep before. Let me let me see what this is all about. And it was delicious, right? As a mint as as a mint julep is. And you know, I was going there for JJ's food. I mean, especially the chicken fried steak and and some of the other stuff that he was doing. And and I think that that memory of you know, Bobby's cocktails and JJ's comfort food and then and then Bobby left and Ryan Rouse took that program over and then and then a whole other, you know, it was a it was a beautiful training ground yeah it was and i and i saw this comment on facebook that was like oh well if all these like celebrated talented people work there then why did it close it's like no no they used it they they worked at beavers they they got some acclaim and then they went off and did other things right and well they should what's that's at, that's the perfect storm right where right. they're the u of h <laughs> football program of houston restaurants where you get a promising coach <laughs> And he does well, and then he gets hired by the University of Texas or whatever. Right, right, right. Baylor, <laughs> A&M, what have you. doesn't matter. So, but the key to, the key to that model is you got to keep finding the next up-and-coming person. Right, you have to person. keep talent. Right, you have right. to keep, you have to be seen as a, as a stepping stone. Your bench strength has to be real good. Using your football, you have to have good bench strength. Right. <laughs> so, alas. Beavers, Beavers lost when when Arash left. They didn't, they didn't find the next guy, and that's it. That's it. All right. Sarinara. Topic number two. Yawacha is closing, so this is the Michelin starred. Although I guess we can't call it the Michelin star dim sum restaurant anymore because the London location lost its Michelin star for twenty twenty. Yeah. The formerly Michelin starred dim sum restaurant from the from the internationally renowned Hakkasan Group mm-hmm. opened in the Galleria in March of 2017. It will close just after Valentine's Day. Again, I'm going to say this was surprising because it's such a prominent location and such a high profile restaurant group and a restaurant that, in my opinion, served legitimately good food. I mean, I've never had. I don't go to Yawacha all that often, maybe two or three times a year, but I've never had a bad meal there. And I got really excited about, I mean, that crispy shrimp chung fung. Mm, that like was good. The, right? Yeah. Or those uh, those shumai with the, the scallops and the and the fish eggs, the tobiko. Yeah. And I like all the lobster dishes. All right. I mean, they have yeah. a hundred and 
like $20 Peking duck dish that is oh, like mind blowing how good it oh, is. Yeah, it's it's too much money to pay for Peking duck. It's like on that list with uh, the whole chicken at Latab that's like $100 where it's too much really to but pay for that okay. dish. It's, but it's so delicious yeah, that you just kind of, you, you just kind of, yeah, you splurge <laughs> and you try not to think about the credit card bill right. at the end of the month. Yeah. So, so I think it's surprising that y'all watch. And, and then, yeah. What do you think? Are you surprised that you So I am surprised by this one. You know, I have. Oh, I got a, one. Okay. Yeah, good. you did get one. You get. I was very surprised. I was had to clutch the pearls. Okay, and because all the things you name, I love the the food, the vibe. I'm a tea girl, so you know, just right. going. They have a dozen different teas. Yeah, and just it's it's like going to a good. You know, we're whiskey people, so I'll. I'll use the whiskey. It's like going to a great whiskey bar because it's like teas from all over the world um, and there's nothing like it. So even if I'm not going to go eat, I'll stop in there and just kind of hang out and just kind of woosah. So I'm very, very sad. Now, I will say, I think that, the again, the commentary on social media, remember everybody on Everybody on Facebook is a real estate expert and a restaurant consultant. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and what the, are they saying? The experts on Facebook blame <laughs> the pricing, which I will admit is substantially higher than competing dim sum restaurants in Chinatown. I would also say those restaurants don't have sophisticated cocktail programs, French pastries, nice interiors, good service, right? All of the things that set Yawacha apart. Right. But I think what it comes down to is. All right, say the dishes at pick a pick a dim sum restaurant on Bel Air were seventy five or eighty percent as delicious, right? Maybe not, obviously not not as good, but pretty good. But they cost maybe a third of the price or forty percent of the price. So if I can have seventy five percent of the experience for forty percent of the price, you know that is a compromise that I think most people were willing to make. And there's also you know the the debate that which I actually thought was was pretty astute was, you know, it's not that dim sum has to be cheap, right? Like we're we're a town that can support, you know, taco trucks and Hugos, right? We understand that there are levels of Mexican cuisine. We seem to have more trouble doing that with Chinese food dim sum, you know, because there are. There are seafood restaurants in Chinatown where you can spend four hundred dollars on a whole. Exactly, path. that's what I was gonna say. And, that and those restaurants, value. those restaurants do just fine because it's but, but dumpling to dumpling, right? Perceived value—that's what it comes right. down to, right? Well, exactly what you're saying. It's in this conversation where people were, it's too high. No, not really. Again, if you talk to folks on the other side of the spectrum, mm-hmm. that. Like yourself, I can go to Chinatown, but I can also go to the Galleria and go to Alcha and not, I'm not comparing, I'm not even comparing apples to apples because they're not apples to apples, right? If you're like this dumpling and this, no, absolutely, you can't compare for all the stuff you listed. The ingredients, the ambi- it, it it's day and night. Right. Right. So, I, and I don't want seven, when I go to Chinatown, I want Chinatown. Right, <laughs> you know, I don't go to y'all. Just like you know what, I could have gotten no because, of course, you can. <laughs> right, you know that's so. I don't think um, for us, you you. I think you hit the nail on the head when you you said 
you know, we haven't gotten there when it comes to like Chinese food, right? Where people like, I, I've heard people saying, I mean, it was good. Yeah, really. I, so when you're asking, I thought it was cool and it was beautiful. And right. I mean, but that was so much money. But it was so expensive. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay, but. Right. But you have no problem paying <laughs> They're you know, getting a steak. $125 for a steak dinner or whatever right. it is. Right. Right. So. And they can't tell you why. Well, it's a steak. Right, so it's right. That's, their perceived that's value. a cultural bias. <laughs> right, right. This is this right. is just how we choose to value things. exactly. Uh, no, I'm um, I'm gonna miss Yawacha quite a bit. I will definitely go there at least once before it closes, and I'll just order I'll order the dumplings and the the dishes that I really liked, and I'll be sad about I'll be sad about it closing. But that's kind of uh, that's kind of where we're at. And then I didn't I didn't put this on the list of topics, but do you have thoughts on Lemma Straw closing? Because I don't. So my thoughts are because it's a neighborhood spot. I, I mean, an energy corridor French dining institution. Yeah. That so, I think I literally went to one time in my entire like food writing career. Right. I've gone twice. And I think one time um, was for a truffle event and then another time on a date. But yeah, so I feel I feel sad because it is a West Houston institution and it's just like a staple of that community. But, you know, I don't it doesn't it makes me sad for the the neighborhood. Yeah. Right. That's it. Okay. <laughs> topic number uh well, I'll call I'll call Lamas Draw two and a half. We'll move on to topic number three. <laughs> um so a, a closing and an opening. Conservatory and Prohibition are adios from their location on Prairie Street. They have taken over the Chapman and Kirby space in Edo. Prohibition will reopen sometime soon in the next week or two. And then Conservatory will follow as soon as they get the, the stands for the food hall built. So call it, we'll call it April 1st. We'll, we'll, be, mm-hmm. we'll be fingers crossed on that. It's an interesting, it's part of this, this whole, the, so, so the umbrella organization for Prohibition, Conservatory, and Bravery Chef Hall is the Company of Nomads. So that's On My, Leanne Fan, and Shepard Ross. And then over the course of the next year or so, they're going to open Railway Heights Market. That's been announced. That's very well known um, sometime soonish. And then they're going to open a... Asian style hawker night market in Midtown. And then at some point they're going to open a food hall in the Galleria area in this very building where the, the very beloved nightclub, the Roxy used to be. So we're getting a, so we're getting a burger Chan and we're getting a uh, Tom and Tom's coffee and we're getting a food hall here. And you the, have died and gone to heaven. I, I, I mean, well, well, what this, what this means <laughs> is that, what this what this means is that I won't have to shamefully eat like some of the other like grab and go fast food options around the area when I don't know what I want for lunch. Right. Yeah, you'll be eating real good. Yeah, I won't have to get in the Chick-fil-A, <laughs> the, the mile long Chick-fil-A drive through anymore. So that's good for me. I think it's good for the neighborhood. But let me just let me just throw this back to what we were talking about. So the first the first step in this is relocating conservatory and prohibition. What do you think about the prospects of those two concepts in Edo as opposed to being downtown? Um, I would just say do a better job at letting people know 
that you're there. I think conserv because you know conservatory. We talk about that. I really loved conservatory. Most people, when you say, "Oh, it's our first food," they're like, "We have a food before all the other ones open." Right. Right. I just I'm like, you're kidding, right? People did not know legit. Oh, or if people knew about it, oh, that's still open. So I'm like, people need to know that you're there and that you, they did a piss poor job of promoting it from the jump. I, I always thought that. I, it was awful. Um, Prohibition did a little bit better. Yeah, Prohibition had all the burlesque yeah. shows and stuff. Yeah. People still, I, I can tell you, having been in Prohibition a couple of times in the fall, that those those shows are still very well attended. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's and that's fun, but you you know after Ben left, right? Do people go there for the food anymore? No. Like I, exactly, that's what the shows were amazing. I, when I think about Prohibition, that's why I'm like, oh, it's great. Go get drinks. Go catch a show. Yeah. I forget. I never say go get food, which is unfortunate, right? Like, yeah, I think they had kind of de-emphasized the food, and and I don't know how big a role the food will play. At the new location, I mean, obviously, conservatory is for food. Right. It'll be interesting to see which of the current vendors make the leap to the new location. Yeah. It's a great space. Right. So. It, and it's a great location. Yeah. And this is, so this is why I'm personally excited about it, because you have, you have so many bars in that area. I mean, the big ones, Truck Yard and Pitch 25, Lucky's Pub, uh, Little Woodrow's, right. Miss right Carousel, which I know has distance. food, but like... That's kind of its own thing. There's a new rooftop bar that's about to open in Edo called Sunset Lounge. You got Eighth Wonder Brewery and Eighth Wonder Distillery. So there's a lot of kind of nightlife and not necessarily a ton of affordable food. So the idea that you can have like a more accessible food option, you know, and and that's no, no disrespect to Vinny's Pizza, Rodeo Goat, or Seaside Poke, all of which are there, but you know, it's a late night option. Vinny's is uh, it. Vinny's yeah. is it, right? right? Yeah. So <laughs> I think I think this is I think this is a, an interesting yeah. move for them, and it gets them out of the the food hall competition downtown because, you know, you got Finn Hall, you've got Understory. Uh, one of these days, Lyric Market is going to open. Yeah. Post Houston's going to have some food a food component right. to it. No, I think it's a good move for sure. Yeah. And then the location that's going to the Galleria, complete, very smart. Right? So. All right. Well, that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurants of the week. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? So, Felice, for our restaurants of the week, I want to talk about two, uh, well, one place that's like brand spanking new and one place that's still pretty new. Let's start with Tejas Burger Joint. This is the sister restaurant to Tejas Chocolate and Barbecue up in Tomball. This is the restaurant that grew out of the Wednesday special, the Smokehouse Burger, that was such a big hit for Tejas Chocolate that they decided to spin it into its own restaurant. It got its own restaurant, right? We yeah. spent two shows. I mean, well, we spent, uh, it was a whole show topic, remember? Yes. Well, we're like, we should go. Then it kind of came up again. So now it's open and we've gone to the new concept. What do you think? Well, I happen to know that they have perfected. Now, these aren't these aren't just my words. I felt like it. 
you know, they were doing it and it was good, right? It was good because they were doing a great job. It's a great burger. They have actually perfected the burger. So they have, you know, the smoke time. They, they have it down. It is my one of my top three burgers. Top three burgers. Let me tell y'all, the this burger, if you need to take a day trip, if you need to add it to your vacation list, because I just know how you interloopers. This is really for the interloopers. I'm not going to Tomba. I'm, I'm giving you it's ways an, to make it happen. I mean, it's an hour. Yeah, I'm so I'm helping I mean, from my, from my apartment in Montrose with light traffic on a Sunday to Tejas Burger Joint, it was basically an hour. It, so uh, that's why I'm helping the people. Vacation day, get the family. It's a family-friendly spot. They have like, you know, it's a cute little area. It is, if you like burgers... It, you you have no choice. You it's not an option. You have to go try this burger. Let's tell them what the burger. It's um the beef is ground in house. Yeah, so they use a mix of. I, I know there's some shoulder clod, and then I don't I don't know what else is in the patty, but it's uh, maybe a little brisket. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's in house ground. Then right. they smoke it and grill it. Right. So it's it's smoked for about an hour to get smoke flavor, and then it's finished on a griddle, so it gets a. A little, a little crunchy on the outside. They smoke the cheddar. Smoke cheddar cheese, house-made bacon. Um, a green onion aioli. Right. With caramelized onions. Okay, right there, people. Let's do a pause for you. Get the burger. I mean, it really is. It's right. stand out. They have a non-smoked. <laughs> they have a non-smoked regular burger. Uh, that's a little more affordable. And a little bit smaller, so it's instead of a half pound patty, it's like a six ounce patty. I'm never going to order it. I don't care. Right. It's and we must add that it's kind of like a thing. So they don't make have an endless supply of these things. But right. it takes a certain amount of time to smoke the burger. Right. So they could run out. So make sure you get there. You know, get up early and go. And if if for some reason you get there and they're out, I was laughing when I was there. There was a family of four that came in, and I'm like, oh. They just looked like they had Smokehouse Burger on their face, and um, they walked up. They were at the counter getting ready to register, you know, order their food, and the girl I saw her head tilted to the side. Sorry. Then the, the guy looks at his wife and the kids. They all went. They shook their head like, nope, and they left. And I'm thinking, get one of the other. This is a perfect chance to try one of the other burgers, right, even though you're disappointed. So, and we spent time talking about this. The other burgers are really, really good, too. I know you, what, did you try two different burgers? So, or? so I got a smokehouse burger, and then I got, I don't remember what they call it, but it's basically their chili relleno sausage turned into a burger. A pork and beef right. patty uh, with a corn tortilla and I tried that one. other stuff. And it's, right. the, that, that chili relleno sausage is a signature item for Tejas Chocolate. And the chili relleno burger is pretty slamming. Almost as delicious as the sausage. Yeah. yeah. Very, very tasty. Uh, I will say, um, fry, I got fries and onion rings. They were whatever. They were not memorable. And I got a chocolate milkshake that, I mean, for a restaurant that's affiliated with uh, a cafe that makes its own chocolate was not memorable at all. Like really? just sort of registered as like, like the one at like, 
You yeah. wanted it to be. I wanted, wanted it to, to be taste like the chocolate at the. Yeah, I wanted yeah, it to just have a, a a deeper, richer chocolate, more chocolate flavor. Yeah. But but okay. the the quality of the burgers is excellent. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. All right, and then restaurant number two, a new a new bar in Midtown called Lost and Found, doing a uh, well, I'd say a Southern style kind of kicked up kicked up Southern food. Yeah, kicked up southern food with uh kicked up southern food with on the the aesthetics and bar side, you get kind of a present company feel. Oh, I was hoping you were going to say that. No, it is. It's it's definitely it's if someone I'm like, okay, this is a a baby present company. Yes. Feel, yes. feel. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Uh new from the owners of Prospect Park, the very successful A Life Group sports bar. Yeah. I mean, I had a good time. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was. It's a good vibe. I hope they're able to maintain. It's a grown and sexy vibe. Yeah, um, lots of Instagrammable touches on the interior right. with that flower wall and the zebra head. Right, but not too much. Like present no. company may be a little too much for some people, especially guys are like, oh, this is too cutesy. Right, it, it's... It's sprinkled cutesy. Yeah, but when all the women in your life want to go to present company to take their selfies, you go to present company. You, but you go to present company, yeah. So, and I think the TVs are a perfect size to watch. We were watching the game. Yeah, the Texans game was on. We were yeah. watching the game. Big, bright HD TVs. Right. A little bit of that sports bar thing, but not overwhelming. Right. The patio, there's like... So I, the outdoor seating is amazing because there's a pat. We were sitting in one of the main patio areas. Then there was a upstairs patio area off to the side where at nighttime if you go up there and look at the yeah you get a view of the skyline beautiful and then there's just kind of outdoor seating and plenty of indoor seating right and look it was a media tasting so obviously they were they were on their very best behavior but uh fried pork ribs that crawfish bread and that shrimp and crab dip all three like very very solid so let me speak on this so we i stayed a little bit later because you hit the hookah i yeah yeah why well, the hookah hit me <laughs> you see i almost choked but yeah so stayed a little bit longer and i will say i wanted i ordered i ordered the dishes that i, I ordered the gumbo a full-size gumbo and that crab and um crawfish dip and just we just kind of got a taste of each one of those things right it was really a disservice because the full version of that dip out out of this world it's so good the gumbo amazing one of the things that the kitchen became overwhelmed because as the day went it got full sure they closed it they they literally had to stop Serving food because the kitchen got out overwhelmed. So I think that they need to know <laughs> you're you're popular. You're in Midtown. Right. Be able it's, to handle that. Right. They've been op- they've been open. <laughs> they've been open long they've, enough. Yeah. Well, no, they've only been open for about a week. So yeah, we'll we'll give them we'll give them a little time to get the. But kinks they're not rookies. Out. Well, I say long enough. Like they're they're oh, not sure. new to this, right? right? Yeah. So people are gonna come. Travis Scott was there the first weekend. Right. So <laughs> there's a mural of Travis Scott, <laughs> and then there's on- a mural of him, and then. Um, DJ Rogers, yeah. So uh, Bum B was there when I'm leaving. So oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, but the like, mayor himself. People are coming. You can't close the kitchen, right? And we're talking about the food. So, but it was great. It's a good spot. Yeah. All right. 
Felice, what's going on at SwankyMaven.com? You know, we're just getting ready for 2020 and just trying to see what's happening. I, I don't I don't really have any solid plans. I just know you I'm You don't have your do... editorial calendar lined up yet? I do not. I'm going to do the damn thing. Know that. All right. Know that, yes. Well, thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks for having me. All right, and I will be right back with Patsy Viveris from Sticky's Chicken. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? I'm joined this week by Patsy Vivaris, the owner of Sticky's Chicken. She just opened her first brick-and-mortar restaurant in Sawyer Yards. They will celebrate their grand opening this weekend. Patsy, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, thanks for being here. I always kind of like to start at the beginning with these interviews. So tell me a little bit about how you got into the restaurant business. Like, What, what were you doing before you started Sticky's Chicken? So before Stickies, I was actually working for a nurse staffing agency, and I've had absolutely no experience in food. I just like to eat. Um, and it, my brother was at the—he was working for the post office at that time, and um, he was just at a point where the post office was doing a bunch of layoffs, and um, he was just, you know, replanning his life. And so he was like, "Well, let's just try a food truck and see what happens." So before he got laid off, um, he got a loan. And then um, after that, you know, he found a FedEx truck. (laughs) So with the FedEx truck, it was sitting on my parents' driveway for um, a few months until we could find a builder. And then they built out the food truck. And then we just kind of figured it out after that. Right. So most of the menu is built around your your chicken, which which is lathered in a signature sauce. Uh, tell me, tell me the story about how your because your father developed that recipe, right? Yes. How did he, yeah. How did he? How did he come to come to come up with this recipe for the sauce? So he's been making the sauce for years, and he used he used to make it for um, you know family events and parties, and um, it was during the time when BW3 and Wingstop and all those wing chains started to pop up, and um, I was like, Dad, you should try these wings at BW3. They taste so good. And then he got there, and then afterwards, after dinner, he was like, oh, I could do better than that. And then he just went home and created his own recipe. Right. So instead of, instead of Asian zing, right. he, he kind of came up with his own. Right. I mean, how would, you, how would you describe it for someone who's never had it before? Um, it's like a sweet garlic barbecue flavor. It's a little, like, when you taste it, it's a little complicated because you can't really taste the Asian side. I mean, you can taste the Asian side, but then you also taste that barbecue influence. Yeah, it's a little bit sweet, a little bit smoky. Yeah, it's not really. I wouldn't say spicy, really. That's not yeah, really it's part not of spicy. It, at but all. it's but it's sort of sweet and smoky is definitely mm-hmm. uh, with a little bit of uh, like a little bit of like citrus, like a little acid maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So so you get this food truck. You have this recipe. How did you how did you sort of build a following? Because that that's always the hardest part for any food truck is Well, that is, was crazy. So um there's another sauce that we have on the truck and it's it's um our version of our spicy mayo because we make our own um cilantro aioli. And we added my brother was like, Well, we need something spicy. So he just added sriracha to the aioli. And just out of being silly, he named it Karuchi. And I don't know if you're familiar with Karuchi. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> she is the first girlfriend of Chris Brown after Rihanna. Okay. 
And um, it was just silly. And then, you know, he just posted, like, um, come try our Karuchi sauce. And he didn't even tag her, no hashtag, no nothing. And for some, somehow her fans found out about it, and it got back to her. And then so, like, about a week later, she messaged us on Instagram, and then she said, hey, I'm going to be in town. Can I try your food? And so we're all flipping out. And she actually, like, we actually brought her food, and she posted it all over her social media. And then um, after that, we just started gaining a lot of followers. So so the accidental the accidental celebrity endorsement. You <laughs> yeah. should try this with other things. You should name them after, like, I don't know, like Brad Pitt or uh, <laughs> uh, Beyonce or something. See, see who else you can lure to yeah, the truck. I know. I know. We were actually thinking of, like, a spicy sauce named after J.J. Watt. Yeah. SWAT sauce or something. <laughs> well, careful because there's, isn't there, doesn't, isn't Blood Brothers, don't they have SWAT sauce? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I don't want to step on any toes. You, you may have to go down to Bel Air and negotiate with uh, Robin and Terry before you do that. Uh, but you've picked up a lot of celebrity fans over the years. Yeah, that's been crazy. So Bun B actually came to the truck out of nowhere. Like, I don't know what event we were at and he just came by. And so every time he's somewhere and we just happen to be there, he'll his whole family will come over and order food from us. And I have a funny story about that. One time my mom was at the window and um you know, she was taking the order and I didn't I was I was just listening cuz I was cooking. My back was towards the window. And then um she asked for the name and she was like uh, the person was like, "You could put B." And then um she didn't hear and she and she was about to charge Bun B. And I turned around, and I was like, Mom, no, don't charge him. That's Bun B. He can She's afford like, it. Oh. <laughs> he can charge Bun B. <laughs> um, and then after that, uh, the other person was Vince Young was at the truck one time. It was a long time ago. He just happened to be at the same bar that we were at. And then the craziest one is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he found us a couple years ago through Uber Eats. We were actually the first food truck on Uber Eats, by the way. Okay. And um, and then one day we were at McIntyre's, and this truck pulls up, and there's like, this guy comes out and orders a bunch of food, and then he goes back into his truck, and then you know his friends and them are eating it, and then um, uh, later on, like, they come out of the truck to order more food, and then we started fangirling because we realized it was DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> he is a distinctive looking fellow <laughs> yeah and so we were super excited and um you know we didn't take any pictures just we had to act normal of course and um after that uh you know every once in a while he'll message us and through twitter asking where we're at and um he'll come over and order food and one time after a game because we were actually our food truck was at the texans game and um he came by to to order to try to order some food but unfortunately we were already closed and the most recent thing was um his he had a back to football party right before the season and he messaged us and asked if we wanted to come by and we said yeah sure um he said there was going to be other catering but you know it's a for the after party food whatever if people wanted more food and um so we went it was late at night and after, you know, during that time, we told him that we were opening up a restaurant. And he was like, yeah, just let me know. And so we opened up our restaurant, and we didn't really, like, 
tell him about it, you know, because we're too busy, like, trying to figure things out. You're too busy running a restaurant to, <laughs> yeah. to personally Invite send him. an engraved invitation to DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. Yeah, that's not unreasonable. Yeah, and then he just walked in one day, and we were just, like, freaking out. We're like, oh, my God, he's here. And my, I was actually in the back, and then my brother had to come out and grab me. He was like, oh, my God, you'll never guess who's here. And then he came out to say hi to us, and... um. And I was like, oh, thanks for coming. And he was like, well, I told you I'd come. So that was really cool. That is really cool. All right. So you have this food truck. You've built a following. You've got a good steady gig at, at McIntyre's, which is a, a very popular, very busy bar. It's a good spot for a food truck. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to, that you wanted to make the jump to a brick-and-mortar restaurant? Um, we were, my brother and I, we were just ready we knew um we know that we have a strong brand and we know we have a strong product that you know we can only do so much with a food truck and um we wanted to just grow and expand and the next step for us was of course a restaurant well i see you know currently we're we're in a we're in kind of a food hall moment mm-hmm. right so a lot of people who either might have opened a food truck or are trying to sort of make the like like Shannon Toon, for example, right? Instead mm-hmm. of instead of opening Kraft Burger, instead of going from the food truck to, to a restaurant for Kraft Burger, he opened at Finn Hall. Right. Did you think about a food hall? Were you you were I'm sure you were approached. You've got a you've got a good following. Absolutely. Um whenever can, can I say names? <laughs> you, you I it, you, you you people are going to listen to this, so you can you can say the well, names the that first, you want. Um food hall that we actually attempted to do we got denied, so then we're like, okay, maybe that's not our route. Yeah. And at that time, there wasn't very many opportunities for food halls. So, you know, we just went, okay, well, maybe this isn't for us. Yeah. So, all right. So, and then tell me about why did you pick Sawyer Yards as opposed to any other neighborhood or other part of Houston? Well, whenever, um, so for the brick and mortar, we have partners. And when my partners first saw the location, they freaked out because there's absolutely nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, you have to trust me on this one because I know where our customers are from. You know, they come from, you know, the Woodlands, from Sugarland, Baytown, Pearland, everywhere. And if you look at the map, Sawyer Yards is directly in the middle. Like it's right, in it's the middle. It's just outside of downtown. Yeah, exactly. And it's easy access to... 45 and I-10, which is the, which are the major um, highways in Houston. Right. So, okay. So who are, who are your partners and, and kind of how did you meet them? So our partners are from California and we've known them for years. We've, um, we became friends with them. I don't know. I want to say about like 15 years ago through other friends and, um, one of our partners is Andy Wynn, and he's actually made a name for himself in Southern California through Afters Ice Cream. And they were the ones who created the Milky Bun, which is a donut-filled ice cream. Ooh. It's really good. And then um, our, we brought on a chef. His name is Chef Mike, and he's been working with Andy on different concepts out there for the past couple of years. And the other one is Tuan. And Tuan is, um, he was just the one who brought us all together. Right. So, so what did they, so what did they bring to the table or how did they help you make the, the transition from food truck to restaurant? 
their experience. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we've really, we've always really wanted to work with Andy. He's approached us before in the very beginning, but we weren't really ready because um, our, you know, it was we just opened as a food truck and we didn't know what we had, and um, and at that time, like he just started Afters too, and he tried our food and he was really excited about helping us on our journey, but um, we backed off, and you know we gave we gave ourselves a little bit of time to grow, which was good. And then, you know, and everything just falls into place whenever it's the right time. So, like, give me an example of a lesson that or, or something that, that Andy sort of guided you to for the restaurant that you, you probably wouldn't have done without his, his assistance. Oh, gosh, everything. Um, one, he brought us Chef Mike. Right. Um, and two, just... You know, the the support, like it's really hard to open up a restaurant. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, just his advice along the way and, um, you know, helping my brother and I come up with different ideas to help our concept and, you know, bringing people together, too. Cause, because he has such a strong name, it's very easy for us to, you know, to talk to certain people or to find certain resources. And then what about Chef Mike? I mean, because you have, you had your sort of core items. You had your, your chicken wings and your chicken over rice. Right. So what are, what are some of the dishes that Chef Mike helped you develop for the restaurant? So one of the things that we actually currently have right now for um, soft opening um, is the karage over rice. And um, it's drizzled with a shallot sauce, a smoked shallot sauce. And it's really good because it, it still has like that stickies concept but it's an actual different flavor because one of the things that I knew when um, my brother and I decided to become a restaurant is that we knew that we had to bring on a chef because I'm not a chef I don't cook and my brother you know he he doesn't really cook either and in order to expand that menu we need um, more experience in that area and so I was a little nervous about like you know who are we going to pick but Everything that um, Mike has done, you know, as far as like stickies, it still stays in the same concept. Sure. And so it's not because I was nervous about like, okay, if we bring on somebody, they're just going to create whatever they want. And then it's not really stickies anymore, but he's kept it in the whole stickies theme. Yeah. So what are some of the other dishes you want to you're going to add once you kind of get your sea legs under you? Well, of course, a chicken sandwich. You got to have that. Got to have it. Yeah, fried chicken sandwich. Absolutely. <laughs> and then the surprise one, and that this one threw me off the loop, but we're going to add a burger because Mike Ooh. was, yeah, because okay. Mike, um, Mike had said that not everybody's going to come in and want to eat chicken. Right. And so, you know, you're going to have some of your beef people. And what I'm really excited about is a salad. <laughs> and that's only because, like, whenever I'm working the truck, Sometimes, like, you don't have time to go get food or get food somewhere else, and you're stuck eating chicken all day. And so it's nice to have, like, actual salad in the prep fridge. Right. <laughs> so this will, so this will be a, a salad topped with the sticky chicken, I yes. guess. Yes. Uh-huh. Instead of rice, it'll be lettuce. Right, right, right. Okay. I'm, I'm intrigued. I mean, one of the things that, that I think people sort of realize when they go from food truck to restaurant mm-hmm. is you know, the expectations are higher, right? Mm-hmm. The, 
you know, especially if you're in a bar, right? People are drinking, they're just hungry. Yes. You know, at a restaurant, the the bar's a little higher. So what has it been like for you to kind of meet the higher expectations that, that come with being in a restaurant as opposed to being on a food truck? Um, at first, it was really nerve-wracking just because uh, and I, had, I had this conversation with somebody else the other day. Whenever we're at a place like McIntyre's, you know they're going to have a lot of people um, because of a game or whatnot or because it's a weekend. And um, whenever at your own brick and mortar, you're responsible for your own customers. And I was never really nervous before, especially with our food truck, um, being at a certain place and we're going to bring our own customers. But now that you have so much more, it is kind of nerve-wracking, you know. But um, it's been great, though, because – that com- that little community out there, it's um, that little neighborhood. It's kind of like a walking neighborhood, and you know everybody tells everybody like, oh, there's a new spot opening up, or you know there's so much development in that area that everybody's always on the lookout. So we've been able to capture um, new people, new customers, and um, from your article too, because uh, <laughs> I asked, because um, you know I work the front sometimes, and I'll ask people, oh how did you hear about us if you don't know the food truck? And a lot of them had said um, through you. Oh, good. So that's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yes, you're welcome. Yes, it's, it's uh, yes, people really read this stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's very flattering. It's, it's, it's nice that it works out that way because otherwise I, I wouldn't have a job anymore. So <laughs> it's very important. Uh, and then are there, I, I mean, I, I only had Sticky's Chicken at the restaurant for the first time last week. Mm-hmm. Are there like menu hacks, like, like if I want it spicier or crispier or, or like what do people do to tweak, to tweak what you're offering? The Karuchi sauce. Okay. Right. <laughs> Cause that's their spicy. Um, on the truck, we used to do this one dish that was um, called the Tanazzo. And it was, um, I mean, it wasn't, it was off the menu. It was just one of those things that, you know, we're hungry. So we create our own things. Right. And, um, it's it's just our crunchy chicken with sautéed chicken over rice. Okay. And um, oh, so, so it's like okay, got it. But yeah. it's like if you know it, you know it. <laughs> and then now, because it's some now that we have a restaurant, it's kind of a pain to make. And so um, I just told my mom the other day, I was like, if somebody asks for crunchy chicken, just offer the karage. <laughs> 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 because karage is crunchy. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I. That was kind of my my thought after I tried it was that I liked it, but I want to try I want to try the karaga because I feel like the crunch probably adds mm-hmm. something to it. Mm-hmm. So overall, like you're what like three or four weeks in, mm-hmm. how's it going? It's going well. Um, I mean, I love going to work every day now. <laughs> versus like the food truck, you look at it and you're just like, oh, t- today. Right, I gotta go. Different. Right, you don't have to go to a commissary anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't have to like yeah. dump your water and all, all that. Yeah, and I can actually wake up in the morning, take a shower, and put on makeup and not look homeless. That's <laughs> what I'm excited about. <laughs> um, and then I I know you just opened, but are you already thinking about other locations? Yes, I am. Um, so I'm from Pearland, so location number two has to be somewhere down south. Either in Pearland or like Bay Area, right area. Do you have a feel for, you know, in in five years I want to have five of them. I mean, do you have like a goal? 
Yes, I want five in two years. I mean, I don't know if that's possible, but right. that's my goal. That's awesome. That's exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it brings me to the end of my questions. I was there. Is there some other aspect of life at Stickies that you would like to discuss while you're here? Um. Well, I was talk- talking to my other friend one day because she came she came to the restaurant and she was she just woke up and I guess she wasn't really feeling well or she was just being lazy and I was like you cannot come to the restaurant looking like that because you never know who's going to come in (laughs) (laughs) so yeah are you so other than DeAndre are you have you I mean has Bun B been by are you seeing no not yet but Paul Q came by and that was really exciting because you know I mean I don't really know him. And then he came to the restaurant and my friend had pointed him out. And so that was kind of cool to see, you know, an, another chef come in. Yeah. He's, he's working on a, I, I, I think he's, he's working on his own, like kind of liaison to a food hall for what's going on. Yeah. Down the street from mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Cause it's the same um, property. Yes. The same property developer that mm-hmm. owns Sawyer Yards is, is building post Houston. So yeah, you're yes. all, you're all like part of the same like extended uh, family. family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will I will mention uh, as I as I mentioned earlier in the show we are we are building a food hall uh, here in the first floor of this building. So. Oh, cool! So if you want to uh, if you want to come to the gallery area, you can talk to Ann and Leanne, and they'll you know tell them I sent you. Awesome. Tell them I said please. We want <laughs> we want Sticky's Chicken in the building. Awesome. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, Patsy, I always. I always wrap these interviews up with something I call the lightning round. Sure. Five easy questions, five short answers. Okay. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. All right. What is your favorite cookbook? Oh, God. Bobby Flay. Okay. What is the the first band you ever saw in concert? Bush. Nice. (laughs) Here in Houston? Yes. Where? Oh, Summit, right? Okay. I, I I believe that that does seem like a place when, you could um, have seen. He both. went on tour with Gwen Stefani, and that's when they fell, fell in love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who is your Who is your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present? DeAndre Hopkins. Duh. Yeah. I, obviously, <laughs> yes. Uh, what is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive thru Starbucks. Does that count? Close enough. And then when you go when you go to a pizzeria for the first time, what is your go to? What are your go to toppings? All meat works for me. Patsy, give us the the website and the social media and all that for Sticky's Chicken. So our social media is at Sticky's Chicken dot com or not dot com at Sticky's Chicken for Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And get Sticky's is our dot com is our website. Right. Thanks for being here. Thank you. All right. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. This is your periodic reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. As always, I appreciate your reviews and your ratings. But like Katie Nolan says, only if it's five stars and only if it's nice. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.